the way I actually talk in real life is not appropriate. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Welcome back to Build It. This is the latest episode in our ongoing conversation about non-league soccer in the US. Today we are speaking in-house to our Director of Operations, Morgan Garcia. Hi, Morgan. Hi. <laughs> and as ever, sitting alongside me is Chief Honcho, Head Honcho at Decal, John Hall. Hi, John. Well, is that higher or lower than CEO? Because last week I was a CEO <laughs> and now I'm a Head Honcho. The interest of clarity, John and Morgan go way back, I believe. You were at high school together now. Yeah. There's history there. Yep. So, Morgan, um, could you ba- basically tell us a little bit about your history in soccer and how John strong-armed you into getting involved with DeCount, first off, please? Uh, okay. Um, I started playing at four, and I became obsessed with it, and I played from four to probably 20, 21, um, nonstop, year-round, as much as I could traveling um, all over the Midwest and some overseas and some in other states. Um, John and I just being both on the soccer team in high school. um, I don't know. We just, it was like a group of guy soccer players and a group of girl soccer players. And we all just kind of hung out all the time, which I'm not going to get into that, but um, (laughs) yeah. So that, and then um, we actually didn't really talk um into our adult lives I feel like um and then when I saw that the club was starting I immediately reached out and said I wanted to help so I think I was actually the first ever non-board member volunteer to jump on um and I originally just started doing merchant or I think originally I was doing registration and then merchandise and then just what it just escalated from there and now i'm the director of operations so yeah so that i guess is a brief history that's brief enough john what is it that you saw in morgan that made you think director operations is the job for her was it just desperation no no not at all you know we've tried uh, over the last few years we've tried um as our volunteer group grows you you can't just have volunteers you you kind of need to put put some uh, titles and and some specific roles. Otherwise, it's just organized chaos. And uh, Morgan certainly whips us into shape, sort of, which is really nice that we have somebody like that, that um, she's fortunate she has. I'm not going to say you have a lot of free time, Morgan, but but there's certainly been times when you've been like, hey, I'm looking for something to do. Give me something to do. And that's worked out really well uh, that, as Nick has always told me, keep delegating and uh, it's nice that people have their hand up and are willing to help and do things. And uh, Morgan does a, a great job of, of communicating and uh, just kind of keeping an eye on everybody and what everybody's doing. And 
she's obviously got the soccer background, so she understands the competition side of it, but she understands the mission and the limitations we have with our, with our budget. And she kind of, she just kind of gets the whole thing. And uh, so I think it, it just works out well. And I think the director of operations thing just sort of evolved because you were directing a lot of operations. So, yeah, I mean, I think just over like the first two years, I just naturally took on more and more things and not like they were even given to me. Just I had the time and I just felt comfortable kind of overseeing everything. And I think just my personality, um, I just kind of fell into the position where like the coaches, players, like I'm I'm the say all final things so like don't don't mess up because I know you guys don't necessarily think like oh it's just this girl she's around here and there but if I think that you're messing up you're not on the team like and coach knows that like I have the final say he tells me all the time you just let me know if I need to cut them if they're not doing something like logistically like just dumb stuff, paperwork, like all of that stuff. Like they're there to play, but this is also an adult league. So like you still have to be an adult and do these things that I need you to do to make you eligible to play. So that's where it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of naturally flowed into that whole position. <laughs> and now I'm super cocky about it. I mean, I, I love it. Obviously I wouldn't be here if I didn't. So. What falls under the umbrella of operations? What do you do? I mean, it's changed, obviously, a lot. I'd say going into what would have been this third year, it was a lot of just, you know, before the season, getting the players to get their kits ordered, like all of that type of stuff, since we kind of changed the way that we did it this year, they were all responsible for getting and ordering their own uniforms. Um, you know, just kind of overseeing, like, the 23 coaches and their directors, like they're communicating what they're supposed to be communicating. Um, it would have been registration, like player registration for all three of the teams and then merchandise stuff really. But um, obviously this year it didn't happen, but I think we have really tried to take advantage of the fact that we weren't playing and really lay out roles that everyone is going to be doing so that I can take stuff off John's plate. Some of the stuff that's on my plate, I can delegate to other people. So next year, I think it'll be a little bit different. Yeah. Does the league give you any help or did the league? Cause we haven't had any experience with Midwest, but did the old league give you any help in terms of player registrations and what was expected or was it all self-taught? You know, with U UPSL, there's like an online registering system and mm -hmm. Midwest premier would have had the same thing. And it's really easy to do. Um, it's just more tedious, which that's one of the big things I want to get off my plate for next year. The registration doesn't sound real tough, right? It's, and I've never done it. So I'm kind of speaking out of context, but you got, you got a few pieces of information you need for each player. And there's 40 players on the first team, maybe 25 on the, on the two different 23s teams or whatever. There's, there's close to a hundred players in total that have to be registered through three different leagues. You know, it, it shouldn't be discounted that that. No matter how easy it may be, it's still not easy because you're still gathering a lot of information. Right. You have yeah. Input and, it correctly. And that's like with our first team, generally, what we do is we have once Gasan has his somewhat roster set, we'll do a team meeting and they all have paperwork that they have to fill out. 
that then I take and that's what I use to register them online. Like the, the, one of the annoying things with that is like a lot of them don't fill it out all the way, which the first year was like a really big issue because they just, a lot of stuff wasn't, you know, I was like missing a birth date here or missing that, like stuff that I obviously needed. So I remember last year when we did our team meeting, I actually had two of our volunteers, Tori and Faye collecting the sheets and like they were not allowed to step on the field until they saw that every everything was filled out correctly because I was it's all a learning process obviously so now it's like now I know like if you don't this all has to be on there um what's kind of annoying about the 23s is that Illinois soccer um you have to take a picture of their actual like driver's license ID card passport whatever and then email that to this guy who does all the registration for the state, email pictures of the IDs, and then he then will register them and send you the ID cards, which is kind of irritating because it's like, I got to take a picture of their ID and then make an Excel file, I don't know, and or however, and send all like 60 copies, pictures of people's IDs. It's like kind of dumb, but so that's also tedious and annoying, but these are things that I think next year, like I am fully transferring. I mean, obviously next year I'm going to have to teach people how to do it, but it's just stuff that I don't want to do. And John, in a callback to a previous episode, is this all the stuff that Andy down in Indiana was doing on top of all the stuff that you do? Yeah, I would say that's, that's it. When you're by yourself, you got to take care of all that. And, and maybe, maybe other organizations, the coaching staff takes care of some of the stuff. Um, I guess because we've had Morgan and so many others that we haven't, we haven't applied that to the coaching staff. We've let the coaches deal with coaching and we deal with the admin side as, as a club. And I guess that's just kind of the way we've done it at the end of the day. It doesn't matter who does it when you're coming into that April time period, just before the season, that registration piece is just one more that kind of anybody can handle for you. It's a great piece that isn't so, you don't have to be a soccer person to understand it. It's just, it's admin busy work. Yeah. And then to the other side of your armory is merch. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about how we got started? Um, so originally we had a, um, a local lady who would print one-offs for us. Um, so as far as like stuff that we had on our website, someone would order and she could just print the one and ship it. And I think in the beginning, um, it, I, now I know, but in the beginning I was all about like apparel and because she could just print one-offs, I had a thousand different t-shirts on there and sweatshirts and like this and that. And not a lot of like the fun stuff that I feel like people, like once someone has a t-shirt, they have a t-shirt and like, some of the different varieties or said this or that was really like just being purchased by staff. So the first year, like game day merch, it was t-shirts, scarves, and that was pretty much it, which is a lot to like take out, put out. And it was, yeah. So second year, I still felt like I wanted more variety of apparel. So I had even more like women's t-shirts, men's t-shirts, tank tops, like at that point we had hats and it was a lot of like stock on hand that 
was just so irritating to set up for game day. And I just got sick of all the shirts. And so going into this year, I had to find a new vendor um, that could kind of do the same thing. Like none of us want to have a large amount of stock. None of us want to do shipping. Like that's just not, we don't have a warehouse. So that doesn't make sense for us. Pretty much our entire shop now is built through this third party website where I can design stuff and then post it and it links directly to our shop on our website. And then when someone orders, it gets sent to this company Printful and they print it, they do the one-off printing, all that and send it out for us. And they're very, very fast. And also with the lady that we had previously, John and I would always have to forward her any orders that we got. And it was just like a lot of extra steps that were just not necessary. Now that I've completely changed our shop, like one thing I've, I have a very, very small amount of apparel on there because it's just, I don't know. I've wanted to have more fun stuff like phone covers and backpacks, socks, like pet stuff is on there, all that stuff. Cause I think that that's it's just more fun. Like everyone has, how many t-shirts does everyone have? A thousand t-shirts. So I just really, really wanted to get away from that and my plan was this year is as far as like game day merch that I would have on stock. I wasn't going to have any apparel and it was going to be just fun things, sunglasses, megaphones, um, seat cushions, like more, I don't know, more exciting stuff that with, with a t-shirt, right. you have to have multiple designs, colors mm-hmm. and sizes. And yep. I think we might've talked about this previously, Nick, but you go spend 2000 bucks to gear up for, you know, Hey, I want to have a whole bunch of stuff in a merch booth and you're going to sell 500 bucks worth of it. And the rest of it's going to be wrong size or, or I got women's cut, but the women don't like these designs. So these are all wasted shirts that you don't, you even feel bad giving them away then because obviously nobody wanted them. And yeah, so it's all been trial and error though, Morgan. I mean, like we don't, Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, last year, No, not at all. I mean, last year I went into the season, like I'm going to have a big variety of apparel. And I mean, you guys saw, I had three of these like big sterilite containers that my husband spray painted black. And like, I went all out and then every, and then I had this like lattice fence piece that I, it was like a little ridiculous, but in my mind, I'm like, I want to be like the fire when you go to their like trailer and they have all this, like, I want that shirt that's up on there. Okay. I, we're not the fire, but that's what I was going for. And in my mind, that's what I was thinking. So it was just so much of a setup number one and then like just stock i still have so much left over from last year in my garage because i just had so many different like varieties of shirts sizes kids adults like short sleeve it was just so much and i i mean i'm it was not people were super excited because the previous year People would be like, oh, do you have this shirt I saw on your website? And I'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry. You're like, this is all we have. And so then I went into this year, like, I'm going to have this big variety. But it was just a lot of work and just way too much to, like, have to every game day setting it up. And then, you know, I don't know. It was just a lot. So 
and the side yeah it was just and I'm glad I did like it's all a learning experience and now I know that I don't necessarily want to do that next year and I want to just keep it nice and easy and if they want a specific shirt or whatever that they saw online if I really if it's going to be an issue which normally it never is I can throw them free shipping or something like I'd rather do that than have all of this stock that I'm carrying around yeah for sure. So. Is there, off, just off the top of your head, is there one item that surprised you at how popular it was? Either a special or, you know, just something that you just threw on at last minute? Um, so it sucks because this year was going to be the year that I was going to have, like, cool stuff, I feel like. Um, other than that, we've really just had, like, the hats always sell well, like the, the scarves. went Well, the scarves that I actually did, I take that back. The scarves that the second like i don't know edition of the scarves that we did going into the season i actually i think we had them up before christmas maybe right last year um i only ordered 50 because the first round of scarves we had only like 200 and i felt like it took forever to get rid of those so i'd only ordered 50 but they were so awesome that we completely sold all of them within like a month and a half um which I have to chalk up to my design skills. I mean, I'm obviously I wasn't, I wasn't there like fully designing, but like the concept of what I wanted, like uh, this is what I want. They did. So that was kind of like my, I think my first. Hang ever... on, hang on. I, I love you dearly Morgan. But wasn't the scarf essentially black with yellow and green writing on it? Yeah, but like the one side had our beer Isn't... logo on it and the other side had our regular, like, Listen, Nick, take another look at the scarf, okay? I'll post it. Because it is legit. Uh-huh. Um, but that was my first, like, really ever, like, full take control that I'm, we're making a new scarf. Like, this one. Or just, so I was, like, actually pretty proud of that. I mean, I didn't fully design it. But that one went super fast. So I would love to do another scarf. I don't know, obviously, going into 2021 with everything that's been going on, it's not in the budget. But... Uh, yeah. Well, and, so, and part of that, Morgan, too, is you can you can always try a presale where you say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna presale um, for thirty days, and then we'll place an order based on our presales." And then, but we we live in this Amazon two day shipping world where I don't want to buy something and get it seven weeks from now. Right. So right. I think that's one of the things that clubs need to think about is is like pre-selling jerseys and stuff. Maybe people are okay waiting for that stuff, but people want their stuff like yeah, pretty quick. I'm not, they want updates. Right. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of pre-sales like for that specific reason. Um, I I believe we did a pre-sale for our next scarf, I believe, but I think we had already ordered them, ordered it we, because it was going to take longer and I think I had already ordered them. I don't remember exactly, but... Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of pre-sales because I'm, I'm totally like obsessed with Amazon. So if I have to wait, even going on there, if it says like two weeks, I won't buy something and that's me, but unless it's something super, super specific, like a Jersey or whatever, like something like a scarf, I just would rather not do a pre-sale. Like people want it. They're excited about it. Like, let's just get it, have it for them. But but yeah, so. But you got, but you got to try things as a club. You, right. you also don't want to buy two hundred of them and sell thirty, and be stuck right, with exactly. 
or t-shirts or whatever. So you got to try, you know, as the club's developing this whole department, you have to try things. And at the end of the day, uh, one of the, one of the early things we talked about, Nick was we buy a couple scarves, we take our 400 bucks, we buy $400 worth of scarves and we sell it and we turn it into 800 and you're, you're using, you're using that as a revenue source and you don't want to go negative by sitting on, you know, a large inventory of stuff sitting in somebody's garage. So, well, that's the thing is we, we sat on the, those 200 scarves. I feel like for almost two, like, or no, the first two years we had those scarves and there's just a certain other things. Like I do not recommend doing a bulk order of anything like as far as, unless you have to, and it's not outrageous. Like the things that I were look, was looking at to do this year, like the sunglasses, like all of that stuff is under $300 and that's for like 50. So we would make our money on it without selling all of it. So that's fine. But big ticket items, like a bulk order of scarves or like a what the freaking koozies, you know, you, koozies, you have to get like stuff like that. I mean, it's not that koozies aren't expensive, but bulk orders of t-shirts do I do not recommend doing that unless you do a pre-sale or you're able to do like 25 or a really small amount because it's guessing sizes is not easy. And then you're always going to end up with stuff left over. And we were really fortunate that the person that we worked with for the first two years, there was no minimum and it was, she could print full color. She didn't charge us extra for any of that stuff. So that is kind of how we got away with having so much apparel the first two years. But now that we don't have that, like it's, you, you just, you can get so crazy and it can get so expensive. And even I've had to pump the brakes where I'm like, I know this looks awesome and I would love to do this, but financially, like I can't guarantee that we'll make money from it. So I, I just can't do it. Do you have a, budget put aside or is it sort of again taken on trust um it's i it's about trust really i mean i kind of know at this point you know if we were playing normally i only put like a large amount of money into merch preparing for the season so i have stuff that i would sell but other than that um i don't as far as fan merch i that's the only time that i would spend money on it now we obviously have other merch like during the year if we do a camp which we're actually not going to do shirts for camps anymore anyways because that's a wasted cost but um training shirts and training apparel like stuff like that but all of those costs are pretty much after the first of the year like leading into the season and so we kind of know that those the costs are like all of the merch cost is going to come in that like four or so month period, but there's not a set budget. I just, I don't know. I don't, I just kind of know like what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate to spend. Like I'm not going to go spend $700 on like something for the season. Cause that's ridiculous. We would never make money from it. So <laughs> if it's, if it like if I know that something's only gonna cost like 250, 300 bucks and it's like something cool that I know will sell, I'll do it. But other than that, I'm not gonna go over that. Treat the money as if it's your own, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Um and and, and along those lines, Nick, 
the only people that actually can spend money for the club directly is Morgan, myself, and Brian, the treasurer, who we talked to. And so, um, you know, everything else is like a reimbursed thing. So nobody, nobody directly spends money directly out of the club account other than the three of us. So it's right. like we talked about with Brian, it's, it's a lot of trust, but it's also like, there's no secrets. I get it. If Morgan orders something or we we sold some merchandise this week, I get a text message every time there's a transaction. So there isn't, it isn't like anybody has the ability to just go run wild without somebody seeing it. So it's, it is a lot of trust, but at the end of the day, it's a community club. And if, if that's a concern, then we all just need to go do something else. Right. And obviously anytime I've spent more than like a hundred dollars on something, which is not very often, but I, you know, John is like, Oh no, it's fine. But I always just feel comfortable being like, Hey, I'm ordering this. And this is $150. Like we got, um, this year tablecloths. If you as a club are having tablecloths for your tape, wherever you are, I highly recommend getting spandex tablecloths. There's a link on, I will send you the link on Amazon. It is worth it. They put our logo on it because dealing with tablecloths, the two previous years were a nightmare outside. Like they're just blowing around everywhere. It was stupid, but, um, why are we Absolutely. buying tablecloths? Well, I mean, just they look nice. And yeah, anytime we've gone somewhere, like obviously before COVID, but like, you know, we've done community events where we've had a table or whatever. Um, we've had tables at like Catholic school and we always just have these like crappy white tablecloths. So um, Jenny and I desperately wanted to get the um, like the spandex ones that don't move. And I found a really good deal on Amazon where the guy put our logo on it and they look great. But yeah. It, well, and, and to add to that, Nick, the thing is we take what we do is we put a white tablecloth that Jenny and I stole out of some of her event planning stuff and we put it down and then we duct tape or use some clear packing tape and put a banner on the front of the table. And it looks, yeah. Un, yeah. it looks uh, shoddily put together. And yeah. we want to project a professional image when we're, whether it's a camp, whether it's game day, whether it's whatever. Um, those are the kinds of little things that we limped along. And does it make or break us one way or the other? No, but it makes things look a little nicer. It's, it's something we don't have to worry about. Now we don't have to, I used to have to, like if Morgan was going to go do an event, She'd have to pop over and get a box, a, a box, a, a, a box, a event, um, little container yeah. with a banner and tape and a tablecloth and a table and a chair. Yeah. And, a, and the, and the, the uh, banner never stays on the table. So then it's like constantly yeah. like trying to stick it back. Yeah. It was, it was a, just annoying stuff that it was just time. I mean, we dealt with it for two years, but it was time to get like a nice tablecloth and we don't have to worry about it now. So well, that, that's our big takeaway from this exclusive interview is buy a spandex tablecloth. Yeah. In your capacity as director of operations, what's the biggest disappointment you've, you've experienced? I mean, I mean, the obvious one is that we didn't play this year. Um, I feel like we you know, we're going into our third year. I felt like we all had a clear understanding almost of what needed to be done. All the volunteers, we've now been together for three years and we have a solid, solid group of internal staff. There's like eight or nine of us. 
uh, and that includes the board, I felt, and I thought it was just, we really were like so excited and everything was going to go so good this year. And then it just went to shit. And I know all of us, like, you know, April and May, we're all kind of like a little depressed. And like, I was just like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like I, I spend my summers, like I spend the year working up to like my summer, spring and summer of like running this club. And it was just like a huge, huge letdown. And I know it hit all of us really, really hard because it was right. We were working on, you know what I mean? We just busted our ass and then, out of nowhere it just ends and that was really tough but after we all I think none of us really even talked for like April or May because I think all of us were a little bit in shock and it was still kind of up in the air with the U23s on what we were gonna do but and then we all reconnected back in June and we're like okay let's focus let's use this time to reorganize what we need to do let's get super super organized as far as like planning ahead and all that stuff and now I think it's we're even more confident and we're all even closer than we were before which we were super close to begin with but we've all really taken advantage of how we can utilize this and grow as a club and learn from it the interesting thing is you know we've talked a lot about fine volunteers and and I'm going to ask you this in a minute Morgan but yeah. We have um, Morgan. Morgan doesn't live in DeKalb anymore. She's half hour away in Aurora. Nick, you're an hour away. Uh, Jen, who does graphics for us, is uh, 45 minutes away in Rockford. Um, like your volunteer staff doesn't have to be like everybody from where you are from or where you represent. Um, no, not at all. And 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 I think the the as we've seen in businesses and different things. We're doing now we're doing advisory board meetings once a month and we're just doing it virtually because really nobody has an excuse to miss it because you're not asked to drive. Nick, we don't need you to drive an hour for an hour meeting and then drive an hour and be away from your family. And um, I think I think we've been able to take some of those those things and I guess work a little bit smarter. Uh, if right. you have to have more frequent, it's easy to do. We just fire up a meet real quick, have a 20 minute meeting and then we're done. And. So, and I think you hit it on the head, Morgan. I think that there was like this letdown and then what are, like, what are we going to do for another whole year? And as everybody was trying to figure out what exactly COVID was and how we were going to respond to it, then I, I think you're right about June. We got, well, all right, we're not, let's not waste the time. Let's take advantage of this and, and let's get after it again. So all that blabbering, I want to know from you, Morgan, instead of just being like, Hey, I want to support them. What made you be like, Hey, I want to, I want to actually work for the club. It was a process for sure. Um, you know, my son at the time, I don't know how old is he three or whatever. Um, I, you know, I'm anyone who doesn't know I have cystic fibrosis. I'm on, I'm on disability, but I'm healthy. And I, I think it was just at the right time. I, was missing working and knowing like, I can't go back to work, but I was, I just needed some, I like wanted something to do and it all kind of fell into place. And I'd say within like the first, so like, I think 
you guys announced in like February, John, and I came on almost like right away. So I think by like April or so, it was like home. I mean, I obviously grew up in DeKalb. I grew up playing soccer and I don't think I realized how much I missed that lifestyle because I was just in it nonstop, like my whole childhood into my early adulthood. And when I got reconnected, I was like, I have missed this so, so much. And it was just like a happy, it was just, I loved doing that when I was a child. So, and then being at home and, um, you know, and also helped my mom still live there. So, you know, it's nice that I, I'm going to say this out loud and everybody remind me when I say she's driving me crazy, but that I could spend more time with my mom (laughs) and, um, because I'm, you know, it's just, I don't listen, I'm not trying to live in DeKalb again, but it is home. I grew up there. Um, and it just was like, I, I, this is what I needed, even though I didn't really know that I needed it. And it's just worked out. I mean, it's worked out great. Like I'm so proud of the club. I'm so thankful and proud of everyone that has been involved and that we have a really good group of people that we've all just clicked and worked so well together. And, you know, Corona is not the first wrench that's been thrown in the club's, um, what's the word? Suit? I don't know. Tire? <laughs> um, and we've all, like, we thought last year was tough and we all bounced back. And I just feel like at this point now we can handle anything and we're such a solid group. I mean, you, you guys are my family. Like, we're all family and we're just really fortunate. I know that not all clubs are like that, that it's not normal that a lower league club has, you know, this solid group of like 10 people that are 100% committed. Um, I wanted to ask you if you regret moving to the United States, (laughs) but (laughs) I Um, mean, I'm sure it's a complicated answer. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's, I know. It's a that mess. Right? And no say. one, no one, regardless of which side you fall, it's everyone pretty much agrees it's a mess and we are incredibly divided. It is incredibly right. divided back home. Um, I have this conversation with my wife all the time. She would move back to England tomorrow. She is American. Did you guys <laughs> meet there? I don't no, think we're, I we're an online love story. Oh, I have no social shit. skills, right? I've told her this many a time. If I was out yeah. and I saw her, I'd have, gone, I'd have said to my friend, oh, there's an attractive lady, and then I'd have gone home alone. So, <laughs> yeah, I would, there's no way I'd approach it. So yeah, um, she would move back tomorrow. I know. Yeah. I, I want to get Brexit through, and then we'll see what happens. But you know. yeah, well, you're not allowed to now because I know. I, know. I think we'll just well move to Canada, right? That's basically. It. I don't do well with change, so no <laughs> one is allowed to leave the club. Okay, oh. unless I okay it. Yes, John. Have you got anything else you want to ask Miss Garcia? No, I. I uh, no, as she said. She and I, uh, you, the three of us certainly talk more than um, than probably anybody else within the club. So I think the three of us are very, very much on the same page with things. And um, I'm extremely fortunate to have both of you and the things that you do, because I know we wouldn't be where we are without you guys and so many others. And uh, I, I don't maybe me. I don't have any course. <laughs> well, mainly you. Morgan's been okay, but yeah. um, <laughs> right. Okay. But but no, I think it, I think it I think it adds a 
I think it adds a lot of things. When I come up with crazy harebrained ideas, you two can calm me down and uh, just like we talked about with BVB with, with spending, it's always, that's a great idea, John, what's it going to cost? And yeah. you guys operationally give me that like other side of it that I don't always think about. And, and I think, uh, I don't know if I do, I think maybe Nick is the voice of reason. Cause I feel like anytime you come at me with an idea, I'm like, yeah, let's do it right now. Let's do it. <laughs> that's, that's probably <laughs> true. That's probably <laughs> true. Morgan, if you had an unlimited budget, but you were still sort of cognizant of returns on that spend, what would you want us to spend merch wise? What would you want us to buy and have in stock? I mean, man. Or even not merch wise, like what operationally, anything at all. If you, if you had, if I, if you had a check for a blank check to do something that was going to help the club. Yeah. Obviously not too big of a blank check, but. I mean, uh, the obvious thing is like we would have our own effing stadium, but um, shit, I don't know. Everyone would start getting paid. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's anything like uh, we already are. Like, we have coffee, we have beer. Like, I feel like we have a lot of that stuff. I don't know, like, what there is that um, as a fan that I would be like, oh man, I wish we really had that. Because I feel like I always find a way to do that stuff. Um, I don't know. We would all go on a, like, I, if we had a blank check, I'd, like, make sure that we had a field and everything was cool. But then I'm, like, let's take this staff of 10 people and go on vacation and, like, get fucking lit. We did. We did a really good job of, of uh, the, those of you listening have no idea, but the F-bombs in Morgan's vocabulary are <laughs> out of this I... world. And the fact that she's only thrown a few swear words out in 45 minutes is an incredible feat. and She should be commended for it. I, I should be. Yesterday, I was telling Christian that I was going to be on here and he was like, well, don't you think you should prepare? And I'm like, prepare for what? It's Nick and John. Like, I'm just going to talk about whatever. And I was like, the biggest concern is my mouth. (laughs) And he's like, but he goes, but it's a podcast. Like people swear on podcasts all the time. Like, yes, I understand that. But like the way I actually talk in real life is not appropriate. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's true. You should really try and (laughs) Thank you for your time, Morgan. I think we've exhausted. You're very welcome. Anything to add, John? No, I just, again, thank you guys. Thank you for joining us, Morgan. Absolutely. And and let's keep grinding for 2021. Let's do it. Thank you, folks. See you again next week. Bye. Bye. Now the time has come for leaving. Now we shall return. We were so glad we could make it, but so sad we got well, it might be a long time till we raise another glass. You can rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh.